White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening and welcome along to the Vinnie White Show with me, Vinnie White. Almost disappointingly obvious. And uh, one man you may not know, he's on the other side of the glass. He rarely takes a day off. He's the man with the button-pushing plan. It's Elliot, unpronounceable last name. Hi, Elliot. Hey. Sounded a bit insincere, that. It sounded like, you know, when um, someone's paid to hype up a crowd, but they've been doing it a while, and the act's late, and they come on and go, hey, are you guys ready? And everyone's thinking, oh, shut up. That sounded like you then. I'm sorry. I, it was more just like an understated, well, oh, there, I just said it. <laughs> I, I gave myself away. I was just, no, I was trying to do, what is it, the kind of, is it the Fonz? I suppose if I, yeah, then if you're going to Fonz, you've got a Fonz. You can't do an elongated Fonz or it sounds like a deflated balloon. That's true, yes. You know. There you go. There you go, a little more. Let's run it again. And on the other side of the glass, it's Elliot. You see the difference? Yes, that's true. What we do in these rooms is reflected across transistor radios across this country. And if you're going to sit there and earn money, and I know you earn money, then you can jolly well pull your socks up. Do you hear me? I do get a bit of money, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> we both get a bit. Enough. I got a curry after the show last week. Oh, well, you, they fed you. That's cool. Yeah, no, I paid for it oh. with, with what I earned. <laughs> and I got some change. Um, but here we are doing it and show. And we do it far more for love than anything else because it's a right old laugh. And don't we need it? Um, because... Uh, it's been a hot one. Now, I'm not one of the people to complain about the heat because I don't know if you remember January, but I would rather this. Oh, yes. But Toronto is a bit of a hotbed today. There was a heat warning out. I don't know. Do you know the maximum temperature that we hit today, Elliot? Uh, I believe it was 41 or something was with it? Humidex. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe I'm thinking of what tomorrow will be. Was it 35 feels like 41 or was it 41 feels like 50? Uh, some, you know, it might have been the first option. It was quite sweltery. Should we conclude it was hot? Quite good. It was this hot. I was going to go to the beach, and this has never happened when I've lived here. I said, I don't want to go. It's too hot. Sat in a park. Had a beer. Illegal. Shoot me. Did it. I feel sorry for the police. That Imagine if you're a policeman, right, and you you were asked to fight crime for life, and you thought, I'm going to make this world a better place. I'm going to make sure justice is done. I'm going to go through life making everything better by catching criminals that are a nuisance to individuals. And then the boss says to you, can you walk through a park and absolutely ruin everyone's day by taking their beer off them and giving them a ticket, even though they're doing no harm to anyone and they might well be having a lovely little time? Could I not, could I not find a bad guy? Do you know what I mean? I actually feel sorry for the police that have to be doing that. I, I couldn't do it. It would be a crisis of conscience. I'd say I'm feeling terribly ill. I'm going to have to go home. And that's why I'm not a cop. Uh, but I am a radio host, and this will be a radio show for the next sort of 50 minutes. Going to talk about stuff and things. Some of the stuff that happened this week, um, including the Chinese explosion that didn't get a great deal of media coverage in North America, not as much as it arguably should have done. But then in a way, with health and safety standards such as they are in China, maybe it's kind of all right. We go through that minefield of philosophy later on. Uh, we look at um, Apple's Siri saved someone's life. How, you ask? Well, you could bloody well hang around to find out. And we'll look at uh, a crisis of garbage in Fiji with global dudes. I should probably mention who I am. I'm Vinny, and that's, uh, I am a global dude, hence 
the uh, accent. I'm English. I won't be here for the next two weeks as well. I'm going back to England to my brother's uh, wedding. So we better make this one good. Elliot, are you on fire? Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in quite a good mood, actually. Yesterday, I went out on a boat. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. Asked out on a boat by a friend. If there's one thing I look for in friends, it's a boat. That's a good thing to have as a friend. Mm. Well, a friend with a boat is a, will always be a friend. Yes. Can't stand the guy, but he's got a boat. Um, went out on a lake and looked back over the Toronto waterfront yesterday. Uh, doing that, by the way, is the best way to enjoy the Toronto waterfront. If you want to enjoy the Toronto uh, waterfront, do it by boat. A waterfront uh, so overdeveloped and badly planned, it looks like it was designed by a hyperactive child with too many building blocks in a very small playroom. Um, if you don't live in Toronto, by the way, and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I wonder what the, the Toronto waterfront is like. Let, let me describe it to you. Take a beautiful waterfront. Take it. Hmm? With uninterrupted vistas of the gorgeous and large Lake Ontario and the island so far out to shore, but so close for comfort. And now show that to some property developers with mafia connections. Allow them to do what they want. Throw in a few nice bits to keep the people from rioting. You've got to pacify the masses. And then put an elevated highway made out of grey concrete uh, just a few blocks back. Crumbling. Dangerous. Uh, make it impossible to, for people to walk along the waterfront in many places. Then put a cycle path. Very recent addition this. A cycle path along the front that gives people some hope. You know. And then put traffic lights on that cycle path to remind people that you hate them. All right? Be-be-dee-bob-be-dee-boo. Toronto Waterfront. For that reason, if you do know anyone with a boat, do be very nice to them. I was out on the lake. There was um, there was a couple of sexy women on my boat. Not anyone I knew, obviously. I attract uh, rodent-faced, criminal-looking people that look like a sack of uh, workmen's tools. But these, these ladies were, were uh, sexy ladies in bikinis um, who were hanging out with the guy that owns the boat. Let's give him a shout. It's Vic. It's the least I can do. Um, so I was out on Vic's boat and it was great. Um, there was another boat that rocked up near us with astonishing amount of women with bikinis on. I think there was five and one guy driving it. He was happy. He had a bit of a smile on his face. I don't know why. Yeah. Five women with bikinis. And I was, I, you know, when you sort of see women, if, this is for all the lads. Yeah. I'm going to get a bit blokey. Hey lads, you know, when you see women. And you think, poor, she's a bit of all right. But you don't want to be busted. That's why you put your sunglasses on. You see? You know what I mean. So I was looking sort of surreptitiously through my sunglasses at these five women on a boat, really near our boat. And then as they come closer, I realised not only did they have bikinis on, I'm not making this up, they had high heels on. Honestly. Here in Toronto on a lake. Can you believe it? Was this a beer commercial? Like, what was it going on? It felt like it, Yeah. It was really, it blew my mind. Because I don't know, if, if you've only been here in February, what I'm saying, you will believe that I'm just a liar. Because the only thing you can see out on Lake Ontario is a few geese that don't know why they've arrived so soon. And uh, a lot of ice. And at best, a, a homeless woman that's gone mildly blue on the lakeshore. Here I was, five women with bikinis. Bikinis and heels. Now, I'm a red-blooded male. Oh, shoot me, feminists. I'm attracted to it. And they bloody knew it. 
when they put a bikini on and heels, which, by the way, just for the record, they're not the most efficient shoes for, for boating. If you go into a shop and say, have you got any boat shoes? They don't have heels on them. So don't give me all that, feminists. You shouldn't be looking. They were wearing bikinis and heels. What do you think they put them on for? They wanted me to look. So I was looking, thinking, cool, I'd rather be on that boat. And you wouldn't believe what happened. They rocked up next to ours, and one of the girls knew one of the girls on my boat. They're like, hey, how you doing? Emma, awesome. So now I've got two bikini-clad women on my boat, and a few fellas. I've got five bikini-clad women that are mooring up next to our boat, and they're tying on. That's not a euphemism. Although I wouldn't mind tying on myself. <laughs> it's funny because I made it dirty. Um, so I was, yeah, I was going to, uh, I was going to, let's just say this. It's a good job I'd just been in the water. You know what I'm saying? You're picking up when I'm putting down. And um, so they, they moored along ours. So now there's seven women in bikinis. I'm not programmed for this. I, I don't, this isn't my life for God's sake. You've heard what I talk about on this radio program. Do you honestly think I'm the sort of guy that usually goes and hangs around with bikini women on boats? You've heard me. I, I cycle a bicycle in the rain, for God's sake. I'm English. I'm not even programmed to be happy and optimistic. Have you heard me? I don't know what to do in this situation. I, I, the only gene I have left is my sarcasm. And that didn't go very well with these women. Because God bless them, they were good looking. But surprisingly, not that intelligent. Anyway, they came out of the... Um, actually, I take that back. Some, a couple of them were actually very funny as well. I take that back. Um, it was, it was, you know, when you see really sexy women and then they're funny and you're like, really? You're actually going to be intelligent as well? Oh, for God's sake. At least have the decency to be stupid. So they rocked up. I'm now at seven women in bikinis, a couple of lads. And uh, I said, where on earth have you been? Reasonable question. I know they've been on a boat and I know they're wearing bikinis. But they are wearing heels. And they told me they've been to a place called Cabana. Have you heard of this, Elliot? You're talking about Cabana Pool Bar. That's what I'm talking about, Honey mm. Bunny Sugar Boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've never been to Cabana Pool Bar, but I'm going to go ahead and say it might be for people that are better looking than not good looking people. That I am very curious, actually, to find out in person. I'm curious if you or I would get in, Elliot. That's the thing. I um, actually biked by there and asked the ladies at the front, and they said I was not dressed appropriately. And what were you dressed in? I just had something similar to today, some khakis and some, you know, uh, polo shirt. Was your bicycle still in view? Yes, and I had a, an obnoxious helmet on, so they, I guess I could I'm going to go ahead and say that you did not play this very well at all. I, it was more of a research trip. <laughs> I just, it was an initial... And was the research surprising, the outcome? No, not really. No, no. Can I, I mean, I don't mean to be condescending, and I do not fit in this jigsaw puzzle of people. But can I just give you a bit of advice? Sure. Pop your helmet off, yes. right? Hide your bike around the back, walk around and say, hey, you guys, do your Fonz thing that you yep. did, and say, I got a boat around the... I don't know why you need a New York accent, but it's the only one I can do. I got a boat around the corner, I've moored that puppy up, you guys going to let me in or what? I will, I will try exactly that next time. Could you rehearse that with me now? Sure. Hey, I uh, got my boat, and uh, I'm going to I want to get inside the club, man. I mean, it's all right. It was a bit deranged. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the area of the world, though. Mm, true, actually. <laughs> you don't need brains. I'll tell you that to get in there, as a guess. But you perhaps you'd look good in a bikini in there. I don't know. Anyway, they, they said to me they'd been to this cabana bar. And um, so I asked them questions. I was like, what sort of bar is it that you five women in bikinis go with your heels on? And they said, 
Um, well, like, I live on King West, right? And I'm like, of course you do. King West, by the way, is, is full of people that you would probably see on boats wearing bikinis. Of course you would. That's hand in hand. It's the slightly richer downtown area where somehow I live. Don't even ask me. I don't know how it happened. Something to do with the business. Anyway, so... Um, <clears throat> I said, I live on King West, and it's like, you know, every every now and then, you need to get out of the bubble, right? So we went to, like, Cabana, and it was awesome, and, like, Dimitri here was driving us, honestly. And, like, so I, it was awesome. And, like, I know, like, it's probably, you're probably thinking, like, why were the heels, right? Why were the heels? Yes, I am thinking, why are you wearing heels? And she said, um, uh, some, something, uh, if a woman that says that lives on King West says this, you need to really listen. She said, it's a bit pretentious. Now, if someone that lives on King West warns you about something being pretentious, it's more pretentious than a pink dog called Champagne in a Louis Vuitton handbag of a woman in a golden Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I got chatting to her. Why wouldn't you? And... Um, I did say all I knew, which is pretty much all you knew, Elliot, which was, um, yeah, I've heard Cabana is a place where people go to, sh to show off a bit. Because I thought, you know, camaraderie, she said it's pretentious. I'll agree that I've heard it's pretentious. So I said, yeah, no, I've heard that. People go off to show off a bit. I said, you know, it's people that, that, that like, uh, like to show off, like, like the Russians, I said. And she said, uh, yeah, I I'm Russian. Oh. 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 Oh, it still hurts. Oh, it's, it's coming back. The bile. There's just a bit of bile in the passage. It's not a shipping reference. Um, so I was thinking, you know, here I am. So I, I obviously, the only thing I have to me is humour. So I said, shall I jump in? I thought that was quite a good comeback. And then she said, and I still don't know if she's being sarcastic. Exact quote from a Russian, without a Russian accent, by the way. Cheers for that. Give us a clue. Um, yeah, for a, from a Russian, she said... Don't worry about it. I make sweeping generalizations on nationality too. Now, I'm asking you, Elliot, is that is that a sarcasm? Because <laughs> if it is, it's really good. I'd say it is. Yeah, this yeah. might be a very witty, pretty lady, which are rare indeed. I know. Because, I mean, you know, I didn't expect it. Which, more fool me indeed. Hmm? So there you go. Um, but she lives on King West. I live on King West. And... Um, Every now and then on King West, you see something that's so pretentious. You just think, oh, shut up. And um, and I suppose in a way, women in heels and bikinis is, is one of those things, although I'm quite happy to view that. One thing I wasn't happy to view this week was um, it was a mission statement on a design agency um, in the King West area. So it's an advertising agency. And... Um, they had published their mission statement outside their building. Now, I'm deliberately not going to tell you the name of the advertising agency because if there's one thing I don't want to do is give an advertising agency free advertising. Um, but I actually took a photograph of it because I couldn't believe it. And I'm going to read it to you now. This is the mission statement of a King West area, so hoity-toity area advertising agency here in downtown Toronto. It says this. So the truth is at the heart of what we do. But truth is not a fixed point, an objective fact, or even a subjective brief. It's a complex mix of shifting brand meanings, cultural contexts, and consumer perceptions 
that are constantly evolving into new sets of beliefs and values. The art of what we do, the art is to shape these shifting truths into new realities for brands. Bull crap! Bull crap! You make adverts! That's what you do. You make the stupid things on billboards. Billboards. You make the stupid things on billboards, not billboards. But if there was a man called Bill Bird, you would put an advert on him because you're sickening. Maybe birds are next. Maybe they'll advertise on I birds. bet they will. They'll be dragging little things like planes in the sky do. They'll have little adverts on their little birdie legs. They'll probably program them to sing, eat more Reese's Pieces like we do because we're birds. They make adverts. And I just saw it outside this advertising agency and I thought, you make those stupid things on billboards that sell peanut butter and feminine hygiene products. You know the ones? You know those ads for feminine hygiene products? Apparently, as far as I know as a man, feminine hygiene products, the only use in them is to absorb blue water. Yeah. That actually confused me quite a bit as a younger yeah. boy. I was like, <laughs> why is there blue water yeah. inside of women? It does lead to questions, doesn't it? Are you worried about the absorbency of your panty liner? Then look at this. On the left is a regular panty liner being poured with some blue liquid. And on the right is another one, which has a name that's very annoying. That's the one we're promoting. And that one, as you can see, absorbs blue liquid. What on earth are all these women doing around? Walking around with small test tubes full of food-coloured fluids. And why do they feel the need to do it? What's wrong with these people? Worst thing is, I'm nearly 40. I still think that. I don't know what goes on down there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shall we open the phone lines? I don't think we've got many questions for you, but, um, you know, if there's something you want to get off your chest, 416-872-1010, if I get time to take your call. He said in a mildly pretentious way himself. Uh, you can also text the show on 71010. That one uh, is guaranteed to get through to the old screen in front of me, 71010. Um, you know what I don't like about advertising agencies, Elliot? Yes. Is that they are shameless in their plugging. Say, for example, an advertising agency needed to promote something like MrPhotoCanvas.com. Right. They'd probably bring you into it to oh. do that. Oh, I could, I could totally see it. Now, would you be happy to do that? I mean, you know, I guess. Like, if I was an advertising agency and I said, do you need a canvas for your walls, Elliot? Would you say yes or no? I would say I've definitely thought about it. Yeah, and I might say I've learned of a fantastic company this week called MrPhotoCanvas.com where you can get your pictures turned into um, canvas prints and it's 50% off if you come in and pick them up. And I'd be curious to know more from here. Well, I could tell you it was in the King West area. You're doing exactly what radio adverts do, don't you? Yeah, I've, I've listened to a lot of them. <laughs> They do that, don't they? Yes. But why don't you tell me? Well, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, they do that. We should write these properly. We should even do a proper radio show at this rate. Maybe. One of these days. Um, what was I saying? MrPhotoCanvas.com is the website address of my company where I make your photographs into canvas prints or, or your artwork and I reproduce it. We're really good. There you go. Are you, are you happy with that conclusion? Yeah, no, I've, I've learned so much, and now I have a place to go to get my canvas prints. What was it called? MrPhotoCanvas.com. Thanks, mate. Shouldn't say in a question format, but that's the that... intonation of many North Americans. Right. Dot com? Com? Right. Let's put that old claptrap behind us and move on to the important stuff. Oh, do we have to do a break? Oh, yes, unfortunately. Balls. 
Right, I'm going to get a quick cup of tea. I'll see you back here. Toot sweet. You're tuned in to the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. That's where you are. You can text this show on 71010. Download the podcast at vinniewhite.co.uk. And it's a weird spelling. V-I-N-N-E-Y white.co.uk. Um, you'll have to download it and listen to it because I'm not here for the next, next two weeks. And then I'm back with some altogether new, well, no, same old, same old claptrap, really, afterwards. I was going to say altogether all new stuff for September. Not really. No, it's just usual, usual stuff. Uh, but apparently it's going well. 71010, lots of compliments so far on this here radio show, Elliot. Someone talking about the Toronto skyline we briefly mentioned earlier says, uh, the Toronto skyline had a chance to be like Chicago. Um, and the Chicago skyline, or perhaps the Sydney uh, skyline with the Sydney Opera House, they say. I worked with the city in the 1990s, and uh, at the time they were talking about the need to keep the skyline pure and iconic, and I get sick every time I drive into the city, a complete sellout to developers without a real vision. And then they've said at the end, disgusting! Which, I mean, as much, I don't, it sounds terribly miserable, and I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm really proud of living here, and it's just, I did choose to live here, and there are fantastic things about Toronto, as particularly the people, but he's got a point. <laughs> you can't argue with him. You really can't, or her. Thank you for your text. Uh, if you want to text the show, 71010. On to new news now, and things could be a lot worse. Let's be completely frank a doodle about that, because we don't live in um, a particularly... Uh, unhealth and safety orientated part of China. Yes, I'm talking about this week's news of the Tianjin explosions in China. Now, the Premier of China visited the scene today uh, and met some of the victims of the major disaster at the chemical warehouse in Tianjin. Uh, if you don't know about this, and I'm sure you do by now, but a series of explosions at the facility on Wednesday claimed what appears to currently be 112 lives. Yeah, 95 people most of them firefighters, are still missing. So that number's going to go way up. The blast in Tianjin on Wednesday night was so large that they registered as seismic activity in China. The shockwaves from the first explosion were equivalent to detonating three tonnes of explosives, TNT. And the magnitude that followed the second explosion was seven times that, equal to 21 tonnes of TNT. OK. Now... If this happened in New York, the news networks would have been pumping this story out of every media orifice. As it was, a lot of the US networks were busy talking about that, you know, billionaire with a cloud for a hairdo putting his foot in his mouth. And they were so busy talking about that, they didn't actually report on this to like item three or four in the news. If this happened in the USA, we'd never hear the end of it. But then in some ways, if this explosion did happen in the USA... We wouldn't hear the end of it. And you know why? Because the USA is pretty stupid. I mean, it's so stupid, it fail a survey. But, but the USA wouldn't stack a few warehouses of sodium chloride next to a residential area and then forget to put up a no-smoking sign. Now, we don't know that's what happened, but Chinese health and safety record is so bad, they think a hard hat is made for putting soup into. They don't have any idea because it's all about money. And this is what happens when you concentrate too much on the buck and then, of course, you get an unfortunate massive bang. The China-Tianjin explosions on Wednesday were so massive 
the, the audio is still quite chilling to hear. A lot of expats live there, and only about two maybe apartment blocks back from the first apartment block, which, by the way, had absolutely every single window blown out of it, even windows on the other side of the building. Um, this is an actual audio recording of a US expat living out there in the Tianjin area that was looking out of his window when this happened. I'm videoing it. What the f I think that might be a gas station or something. The gas. Whoa! Whoa! Oh! Whoa! decides to run Let's down go. the apartment stairs and run away from the fireball that's actually very worryingly, as is evident from his understandable swearing. Uh, the fireball's very near to him, so now he's running down the stairs with his wife or girlfriend. And it's at this point he suddenly thinks, you know what, I think I'm done filming this. There's priorities in life, and that, uh, that doesn't seem to be the major one right now. That's, are you filming? Yeah. Are you filming? Yeah, this is going great. This is good guns. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what? It's pretty close. It's pretty close here, huh? Did you, uh, did you, did you turn the barbecue off? Because you could just stick that sausage right out the window. Why do I always feel the need to do these ridiculous American accents? My apologies to pretty much everyone in America. And um, so there you are. I mean, this is a devastating explosion. And uh, there's about 1,000 people injured, 112 dead that we know of. That number's growing daily, and it's all down to sodium cyanide exploding. Now, I'm not a chemist, but the word cyanide is in sodium cyanide. And anything that's been put in James Bond's vodka martini isn't good. If a factory full of sodium chloride, we might be all right. That's just salt. Be happy with that. When a warehouse full of salt explodes, that's not too bad. That's just McDonald's French fries. The investigation uh, is underway to ascertain what triggered the disaster. Dozens of relatives of the missing and local residents have held a number of angry protests at the hotel uh, used for official news conferences since Wednesday. The, they say they have not received enough information from the government about what chemicals are at the site in Tianjin, China, and where they are stored, or oh, sorry, how they were stored, uh, they're not stored anymore, that's for sure. Meanwhile, a number of websites have been shut down for allegedly spreading unverified information about the blasts. Shut down for, for spreading information. Yeah. The state news agency said uh, 50 sites were accused of creating panic by publishing uh, rumours. Because if there's one thing more deadly than an exploding factory stuffed with enough sodium cyanide to take down Chuck Norris, it's reporting on it. Bit of paranoia there. 
Um, you, when you when you don't have any health and safety and there's an explosion, you tend to find people go, I just, I just I don't really like people talking about it. It was the same thing happened in that Bangladesh fire a few years ago when the sweatshop, well, it was ridiculously um, managed, uh, collapsed under the weight of, well, uh, no numerous things, in, including too many people in the building and no fire exits. Instantly, they're like, everyone's saying bad stuff about us. Yeah, there's probably a reason for that. Uh, so what is sodium cyanide? Well, the chemical sodium cyanide is a white crystalline or granular powder, which can be, uh, it can be rapidly actually fatal if inhaled or ingested, and it interferes with the body's ability to use oxygen. It's most used, mostly used in chemical manufacturing, for things like fermentation in the mining industry to extract gold and silver. Uh, it is soluble in water and absorbs water from the air, and it's uh, a dust that couldn't be very easy to inhale when dissolved or burned. Um, and, of course, it, not only that, but it also, when dissolved or burned, uh, releases the highly poisonous gas hydrogen cyanide. Uh, so troops now are equipped with chemical warfare protection uh, suits have entered the site of the blast uh, yesterday to deal with dangerous cocktail of chemicals. But questions are being asked, understandable questions. At least 17 firefighters died in the disaster. So were the firefighters well equipped? No, probably not. Uh, has the Chinese media done a good job of informing local residents about water supply issues and rehousing? No. Um, who allowed a warehouse with dangerous goods to be built just a few hundred metres from a residential area? Someone that probably now lives in Monaco. Um, so China's Minister for Safety in the workplace is uh, unsurprisingly quiet, but he's also unsurprisingly stupid. I'm sure Chinese Minister for Safety in the workplace is so stupid he thought... Tupac Shakur was a Jewish holiday. Let's get that one. You know what you need is a bidumts. Have you got one? Can you get one of them? I can, I can, bidumts. I don't have it. Doing it a vocal? All right, let's try it. China's Minister for Safety in the Workplace is so stupid, he sat on the TV and watched the couch. Bidumts. Yeah, good. Uh, Chinese Minister for Safety in the Workplace. <laughs> He's so stupid, he got fired from the M&M's factory for throwing away all the W's. But um, yeah. OK. Um, anyway, my heart just genuinely go out to those in that area affected. And I uh, hope, perhaps foolishly, but I do genuinely hope that this is uh, somewhere, one of those milestones where people think, should we think about how we organise sodium chloride and how we stack it in a... Residential area? Yeah, let's hope so. When we come back, we talk about Apple's uh, voice-activated Siri and the fact that it saved someone's life. And Fiji's government are doing something rather weird this week. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Available on text 71010. Or you can find the show 416-872-1010 if we get time. Uh, you can comment about anything or anyone in any way. Such is the nature of the free world. Um, Apple's voice-activated assistant, Siri, may have saved the life of a US teenager this week after he was pinned underneath his truck and unable to reach his phone. I'm going to call bullcrap on this already. A teenager unable to reach his phone. <laughs> no chance. Sam Ray was alone when the truck he was fixing fell on him, but he remembered his phone was in his back pocket. The teen used his bottom to activate Siri, which called emergency services. How did he do that? 
me see if I can do that. I'm just gonna. I'll turn it on first. I'll give the advantage of the phone being on, otherwise it's going to be tricky. Quality radio, News Talk 1010. Just uh, think amongst yourselves while I carry out an experiment. It might be because my shorts aren't tight enough. If I was wearing Lycra, or if I had a massive vehicle on top of me, suddenly it would become more important as well. There's that. There's the urgency of the nature. All right, I can't do it, but he did. Sam Ray was alone when the uh, truck he was fixing fell on him but he remembered his phone when it was in his back pocket. The teen used his bottom to activate Siri, which called emergency services. The dispatcher thought it was a mistaken call at first, but soon heard Mr Ray's cries for help. He said, I could feel myself slipping. I started to accept that I wouldn't get out. The dispatcher was able to locate Mr Ray's home in a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee, by triangulating the signal from his mobile phone. Um... Rescue workers pulled Mr. Ray from underneath his truck and he quickly was airlifted to a nearby hospital. He was actually seriously hurt in the incident, suffering several broken ribs, a bruised kidney, cuts, a concussion and burns to his left arm, but is since making a fantastic recovery. Mr. Ray was previously thinking about getting a Samsung Galaxy phone, but the accident has changed things. He says, I guess I'm stuck with an iPhone for the rest of my life. I owe Apple that. At least that's an, a reason to be a slave to Apple. I mean, unlike most teenagers, at least he's actually got justified purpose. But um, it got me thinking about series, and I wanted to perform an experiment. And with the aid of a friend, I've managed to do this. I wanted to know if you've got Siri, which is the voice-activated woman, inside the Apple iPhone. If you've got one phone, and then put it next to another phone, and you got the two series talking to each other, what would the conversation be like? Now, of course, you have to get it, you have to get, like, like all conversations at parties, you have to get it started yourself. So here's my friend prompting two iPhones that have got Siri open to have a chat with each other. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. That's nice of you to say. Who, me? I don't know who you are, but... Don't worry about it. I'm not allowed to worry. I don't understand. I'm not allowed to worry. Oh, no. Okay, I didn't think so. I don't know what that means. It's not a problem. I'm sorry. It's no problem. I'm sorry. No problem. It's quite Canadian. I found one matching place. I don't understand. I... Sigh. I'm not sure I understand. I don't understand. Sigh. Sorry, I didn't get that. Sigh. Seems like I cut you off. Can you please repeat that? Sigh. Sorry, I missed that. Women, am I right, guys? <laughs> Let's make it known that Elliot said that. And if he's not here next week, you know what happened. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think that uh, machines are going to be taking over any time that soon. But there is a good thing you can do. If you want to freak out a machine, ask it. If you want to freak out anyone, but particularly a machine, ask it this question. All you have to do is say, what is zero divided by zero? So here I am. I'm going to ask Siri that tricky little number. What is zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. 
How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends. <laughs> I mean, I'll give a credit. It's better than a usual answer. But still, somehow manages to be mildly condescending. Well done, you. Uh, Apple Siri there. Uh, text so far. I've got Siri in my phone. Never understands anything I say. I'm from India. Um, someone else says, I've got Siri in my phone. She never understands anything. Almost exactly the same, but they don't say where they're from. I don't. It doesn't matter where you're from. They don't understand you. It's, it's, it's terrible. And it's much harder when you're drunk. Siri, please, could you tell me where my girlfriend is? She walked out because I was making up with another woman. And if you can't tell me that, can you at least point me to a bottle of whiskey? I don't understand. Oh, for God's sake, woman. Um, text your Siri stories if you feel the need. <clears throat> well, I haven't got to do a break, have I? Happy days. Do you like doing this show, Elliot? Yeah, it's fun. Is it your favourite show? Yes, it's better it's than... It's the favourite ever, yes. It's better than Pei Chen's. What? Well, I mean, if she's listening, then no. Well, you've got her next couple of weeks, mate. I'm away. So, deal with that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, it's going to be sad, and I'm going to um, cry all the water out of my body to reference Chris Morris, a fellow Brit. <laughs> We're getting nerdy. All right. Fiji News! Fiji News! Fiji's government is rolling out uh, a name and shame campaign to try to deal with a growing litter problem this week, uh, with the Prime Minister calling uh, litter droppers a disgrace! Uh, it's a two-stage scheme that will rely on locals to photograph or film people as they drop garbage and send the footage to be reviewed by a dedicated government unit. Now, the images will then be used to prosecute those caught in the act as an incentive for uh, posting these photographs and videos. Those citizens can apply for a percentage of the cash reward. In other words, imagine this happened in Toronto. You walk out, you see a dude dropping litter, you film it, you send it to the mayor, the mayor says, yep, that's a dude dropping litter, track him down, not sure how that bit works, and then fine him, and then you get part of the fine. Which I actually quite like the idea of this. Earlier this month, the Prime Minister of Fiji said it's unthinkable and selfish for Fijians to be dumping rubbish along some of the country's most beautiful routes and beaches. We can't say to the world Fiji is where happiness finds you, only for them to come here and see the sad state of rubbish alongside some of our roads and beaches, he said. It has to stop. So this was his idea, and I say good on him. I think it's, it's a fantastic idea. I've been to Fiji many years ago, and it's uh, one of the best places I've ever been. The, all I can remember, um, because obviously I was, I was quite drunk for most of it, was that the traffic police wear sarongs. That was good. I've never seen that before. Um, when we were driving from one town to another, I managed, I smoked at the time, and I managed to pull up against the truck full of oranges, and I bought three oranges at 80 kilometres an hour off a dude in the back of the truck for a cigarette. Good exchange. I, I, it's something to say. Have you been to Fiji and bought oranges for a cigarette at 80 kilometres an hour? No! And I think my favourite time there, I was um, I was probably I was sort of slightly more naive than I am now, would you believe it? And I decided it would be a good idea to stop at a completely random house outside the capital of Suva. I think that was where we were. And um, ask if I could pop in for a cup of tea. Because I'd heard that Fijians are very hospitable. Of course they are, it's a Pacific island. And, um, and they said, yes, of course. And uh, me and the two guys I was with, we were invited in. It was great. Loved it. 
They even got out the special cookies. You know, you're popular. Um, but of course, I think that there might be uh, there might be more to it than this. And I've been thinking about printing social behaviour tickets. Yeah. What about that? You know, you could have a pad that you go out with full of social behaviour tickets, ready to go. So imagine you're going out for a dinner and you think, oh, it's Friday night, I might see some anti-social behaviour. You get your pad out and you could just have a, a sort of default ticket at the top that says, you've been ticketed by myself, Vinnie White, a member of the public, with the aid of an independent witness. And then you have to go and get the independent witness because otherwise you might, you know, you, you might just be crazy. And, and then you could have, today you were irritating because you. And then you fill in the blank there and, you know, just finish off with something like, please think of others and stop being a prick. I thought that would be a good idea because I could use that all the time, you know. Like last night I was in a restaurant. I would have filled one out. I would have said, today you were irritating because you used your phone in a restaurant and were so loud that people in the kitchen now know your evening plans, you know. This is with the aid of an independent witness. And then it would get, bring people together because I could walk over to another table and go, is that bloke annoying you? They'd say, yeah, he's driving me mad. I said, just sign this. I'm going to give him a ticket, social behaviour ticket, to tell him to stop being a prick. It would be brilliant. It's a great system. I think about it. Today you were irritating because you, I don't know, let your dog curl one down on my lawn. Today you were irritating because you revved your Mustang at the lights to attract attention to your needy ego. You know, there's so many times that I'd want to give these out. Today you were irritating because you smoked a cigarette outside a restaurant patio but decided to blow it back in everyone's face. There's so, I mean, there's so much to be irritated. Today you were irritating because you, I don't know, played Celine Dion at an audible level on your speakers even though you probably own headphones. It's not fair. Um, I haven't taken any calls. It's terribly rude. Ridiculously long monologue this has been. Let's be polite and invite into other people into my life. Hello, Mary in Toronto. Oh, hello, Vinny. How are Your you, darling? Your show's a hoot. Why, thank you. You're very kind. <laughs> I heard you talking about zero divided by zero. Mm. And I wondered, would you say the answer is zero or infinity? Oh, my word. I wasn't ready for this on a Sunday night. Um, is there an answer? I would say zero, probably. You would say what? Zero. I would say infinity. Pray tell how you come to this conclusion. Actually, you know what? Whatever, whatever served my purposes better, that's when I would decide the answer. But, well, actually zero can go into zero over and over and over. It never ends. It was... As long as you believe that the, the universe um, never ends. My word, you're profoundly deep. Uh, the concept of zero didn't exist until relatively recently in human history. That I do know. Um, but zero surely is nothing, so how can it be... A, how can you have infinite nothings? I suppose... Oh, I've just answered my question. You could, couldn't you? Well, you're dividing it by nothing, too. Oh, I'm getting in a right pickle. You're weighing my brain, man. Have you been smoking marijuana, Mary? No, 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 I don't smoke. What, what is it that I just takes laugh. You... It's <laughs> between 9 and 10 on Sunday nights. I just laugh. Mary, I love you and I embrace you and I take you into my metaphorical bosom. As your best what? Uh, well, as my best friend. There you go. <laughs> OK, I accept. Take care, love. It's mutual. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye. Text your answer to that question. Uh, uh, just a light topic. Um, what is zero by zero? Uh, zero divided by zero. Is it A, zero, or B, infinity? Or C, your intelligent and clever answer here. Um, oh, my God, this is the biggest response we've got so far, and it wasn't even me that brought it up. Oh, 
Why don't we give that woman her own show? Come on, bring her on. Uh, the text just gone mad. I had no idea we had this many mathematicians. It sounds like Kasparov's show. Uh, the answer is actually undefined, says someone. Brilliant. Anyone can say that. Come on, mate. Try a bit harder. <laughs> That's such a wishy. I think you'll find it's undefined. I know that, but let's clutch at straws for God's sake. Um, someone says, uh, here's one. Were you in the boat when the boat tipped over? No, you silly bugger. I was in the water. Uh, I think that works. Um, and someone else says, um, what does it matter? It's Sunday night. I've had a long week and I'm getting drunk, which I think is really the best way we could possibly leave this show. I don't know who you are, but that, that, there's pure intelligence right there. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Elliot. Good luck on your own, my friend. You will do well. Thank you, sir. Have fun uh, overseas back in your homeland. I will indeed be home ne next week for my brother's wedding. And then the week after um, for my brother's wedding. Well, there's no point going to the UK for a weekend, is there? So I'm dragging it out. Um, and then I'll be back here and I'll do some quality radio. Uh, and thank you for the last text that just come in. The answer is to zero divided by zero is, of course, 42. Should require no further explanation. Good night, farewell. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Ed Keenan's next. Ta-da.